We live in a world where it's offensive to preach the gospel of Jesus and to talk about his name. And I'm here to talk about it. Welcome to the Jesus is Offensive podcast. Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Jesus is Offensive podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Werfelman. Thank you guys for tuning in on this beautiful Friday. Um, We're finally back. It's been a while. Uh, I took two weeks off. Things have been crazy, super busy, Um, but praise God, the busyness is obviously ministry work, not not talking about work, Uh, real, not, well, I don't want to say real work, but, you know, flesh work. This is ministry work has just been exploding and it's been great and God is doing wonderful things, but it's really made it hard for me to focus and and do a podcast. But man, today I was so excited to get back on here. Miss you guys. I miss talking to you guys. And and even though it's just me talking into a microphone, I really do feel like uh, we all share something together, um, which is weird, but I can just feel it in the spirit and just hearing your guys' response to these episodes and stuff really just encourages me. And uh, yeah, I thank you guys for all your continued support. Uh, all the packages went out for the t-shirts. So I hope you guys receive those. Whoever ordered one, thank you once again for that. Um, and I'm praying that God uses those t-shirts just for his glory and his ministry. Uh, and yeah, so today... Um, well, let's just pray real quick. Uh, dear Lord God, I, I just thank you so much uh, for this podcast and thank you, Lord. Happy, happy April, God. Thank you for uh, this new month uh, of life and, and, um, Thank you, Lord, for how you're working in each and every one of us, including me, Lord God, just how you're moving uh, and how you're changing lives daily and radically, Lord God. This isn't something we read in a book. This is real life, God. Thank you, Lord, for that, uh, Jesus. And we pray all these things in your mighty name. Amen. So, yeah, one thing I wanted to bring up uh, before we kind of go in, because it's a current event and I feel like it needs to be talked about, are these little Nas X shoes, the the whole Satan shoe thing totally demonic. I'm sure if you haven't seen it, um, I wouldn't encourage you to go watch the video, but you know, you can Google it and research it yourself. But man, the devil is just parading around. I mean, he's not even masquerading anymore. He's just out in the open and, uh, the world thinks it's silly. And I've even heard a bunch of Christians, uh, who, you know, I would question that are saying, you know, we shouldn't be surprised. This is how the devil is like, haha, just, you know, laugh it off. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, Psalms 9710, like let those who love the Lord hate evil, right? Like it talks about all of that in the Bible that we are to hate evil, right? Like I don't hate little Nas. Like I hope that someday he comes to repentance, but what is going on is strictly evil and it's demonic. And I think this whole idea in the church that we're just supposed to kind of write those things on be like, yeah, you know, that's the world. They don't have perception of what they're doing is totally what the enemy wants us to do. He's made us so weak, you guys, that the church is literally like a giant gummy bear. Like no one cares. Uh, you know, we're fine with hurting the church. We'll eat the church up. We'll destroy the church, whatever. It, it's so weak. And I think it comes from these kind of things that we don't stand up to anything. Why? Because of fear, because we don't really know what to do because we don't believe in a supernatural realm. So we're like, well, you know, it's bad. It's so demonic, you guys. Real blood in a shoe. I don't care if that's real or fake. Like the fact that he's even pushing that is so demonic and evil. And if you've seen the video, which again, I don't recommend, um, it's so evil. And I'm sorry, if you don't see that as evil or you don't feel personally affected by that, then I would question even 
the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you because when you have the Holy Spirit, you hate what is evil and you love what is good, just as Christ does, right? Just as God does. He hates evil because he's God. That's how holiness works. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there that I really hate seeing how some Christians are handling it. Like, oh, this is funny. Like, whatever. You know, our God is greater. Um, no, this is something that is a war in the supernatural realm. And the devil thinks he knows we are so weak that we won't even do anything about it. So he just puts it right in our face. And um, again, like I know I've heard the whole, you know, nothing is new under the sun. Like this is just, you know, Satan doing his thing. And it's like, no, that's not at all what our attitude is supposed to be. So yeah, sorry. Um, that just really kind of upset me. And, uh, I think today we're going to be talking about sound doctrine. And again, we've talked about obedience. We have discussed all of the doctrinal issues for salvation um, and what is the biblically correct way of salvation. But I want to just talk about more the topic of sound doctrine, because even if you've heard the podcast, even if you believe, you know, that it's not about saying some prayer, you know, it's about repentance. It's about turning away. It's about getting baptized, getting filled with the Holy spirit, that there is a supernatural realm. The demons do need to be cast out. Um, obviously if many of you are here, you're, you're in with that message, but I still sense, and even just seeing people like we, we help people and we minister to people, um, as God has commanded all of us to do, um, you start to see where people are confused. Um, they understand the doctrine, but their actions don't really show that they understand the doctrine. You know what I mean? Like if I truly believe that you need to repent, you need to be walking holy, you need to be baptized, you need to make sure you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you don't just get filled with the Holy Spirit when you believe, then I would be extremely worried for all of my family members, for everyone in my life who doesn't have that. I mean, I feel that burden on myself every day. And I know it's not my burden to carry. But my point is, is I feel God's heart in that. But if you don't truly believe all that, you keep, you're going to keep thinking, well, maybe there's a loophole. You know, yes, I, it says in the Bible, we need to repent. You know, Jesus said you must be born of water and spirit. I mean, again, if, if you're new to this, um, podcast and you haven't heard about the baptism episodes and repentance, please check those out first because that covers like the biblical groundwork. But I'm just saying, if you believe in those things, but your actions don't really display it and you're still leading people through the, you know, prayer to accept Jesus and you think because someone accepted Jesus that they're just good to go, then something is not clicking. And so I want to talk about this today. Uh, this isn't a condemning message. This is actually, you know, Titus 1.9 talks about um, when talking about elders that um, we are supposed to refute those who oppose sound doctrine, right? And just bring things to light. This isn't to make people feel bad or anything. This is even to myself that we need to be so careful what we're listening to, uh, what we're filling ourselves up with and making sure that we truly believe what we are saying. Um, you know, so, um, yeah, let's talk about false doctrine though. I mean, obviously there's, you know, many of you that are listening are like, well, of course, like I don't believe in the prosperity gospel. Like that's, that's what you think of when you think of false doctrine and hundred percent that is false. Um, but my point is we have to be so careful who we're listening to. Are we just turning on a random pastor every day and just listening to a sermon? Like, it's great that you're listening to a sermon, but listening to sermons don't get you into heaven. And actually they can pollute your mind if they're teaching you the wrong thing. Even this podcast, right? Like I have to put myself in so much check because I don't want to teach someone something that's incorrect. And obviously we're human. I'm sure there's one thing that I've said that's been wrong or more than that. But my point is, is... Maybe those are little things. Like if I believed in the, you know, seven day creation theory and really the creation took years, like that's not a salvation issue. But 
when I'm speaking about something that's a salvation issue, I am not going to mince words. I'm not going to change my mind because I read it in the Bible. And I see a lot of those patterns going with people that they get born again, they get set free, or or maybe they're not even, but they they believe this message is true. But we're still kind of wrestling with that confusion of like, well, you know, that's for me, but like, what about, you know, my grandma or my uncle or my sister? Like, you know, they love God, they believe, you know, but we've talked about it. We know that that's not enough to just say we love God or to just say we believe or, or, you know, to just sing at, sing worship at church that remember they said, you know, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We healed in your name. And he says, depart from me. I never knew you. It's not about necessarily all the works that we're doing. Like, do we have a relationship with God and are we living holy? Do we still have pride? Remember people think, of course I'm living holy. You know, I'm not lusting over people. I'm not lying. I'm not stealing. I'm not cheating. Well, do you have pride? Um, are you, um, do you put up a front? Like, do you have fear? All these things. Do you not spend time with God? That can be, um, a sin. Do you have idols in your life? That's a sin, right? This is all the things you have to put ourselves in check, but all, all this going back to sound doctrine is my point is believing it, but then also actually showing with our actions that we believe it. Right. And the reason I'm giving this message is because we need a revolution in America. We need people to be born again, set free from demonic principalities and filled with the Holy spirit. There's no in-between. There's no, well, that worked for me, but this person just needs to accept Jesus. No, no. You either believe it or you don't believe it. You, we, we can't be on the fence. We can't be walking on both sides. You know, even James, which I was going to talk about later, but it's kind of just flowing out, says, you know, don't be double-minded. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And later he says, cleanse yourself from all double-mindedness, right? We can't be double-minded in our thinking of doctrine. And that's why today I want to talk about sound doctrine. Sorry, that was a little bit of a long-winded explanation, but boom, there it is. So let's talk about false teachers here. So Matthew 7, 15, what does Jesus say about false teachers? Man, it is so hot where I live. I'm, I apologize if you live in a snowy climate. I'm going to pay for what I'm saying next next winter when I live in Montana, but wow, I am sweating right now. Um, and we're only, you know, what, 10 minutes in. So Matthew 7, 15 says... Um, Watch out for all false prophets, right? This is Jesus's words. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves, right? Later it talks about by their fruit, they'll recognize them and all this stuff, which is actually good because, you know, for us that are just thinking turning on a sermon is good, uh, you know, how could a sermon be hurtful? Even if he's not perfect, even if he's not teaching exactly what I believe, but we'll know by their fruit. So I don't know all these pastors. I don't know how they live. I don't know what their life looks like. Yeah. Even me, I can have great teaching. That doesn't mean that I'm living right. You know, we all know it. There's one thing to teach and it's another thing to do. Um, so we have to think about that. But like Jesus is saying, false teachers, the devil, he doesn't come dressed in a cape with horns, right? Now with the little Nas thing, that's why it's so frustrating because he's getting so bold. The devil's getting so bold that he is coming like that. He's coming straight up like, this is who I am and y'all are going to still accept me and watch the whole world is accepting him. The shoes sold out in minutes, right? So that's what's frustrating about that topic. But going back, you know, with false teachers in the church, he doesn't come in horns and a, and a cape. You know what I'm saying? He comes looking like a sheep, right? But he is a wolf inside, right? I mean, you even look at, and we've talked about it before, but these preachers that it came out that they were they were uh, having an affair or even Rabbi Zacharias, right? Like this man didn't just make one mistake. 
he was living in constant sin. And for those of you who are saying, how dare you call him out? Like, you know, we're all sinners and the poor guy had a problem. Yes, he had a problem. You know what the problem was? He had a demon problem. Okay. I'm sorry. We can't mince words on this. You guys, it's one thing to accidentally have a little bit of emotional affair with someone. Obviously these things are all forgiven. I'm not saying it's a scale level, but when you are consistently having sexual affairs with people, abusing, abusing people sexually, I'm sorry, that is demonic. That is not natural. That is something that has overtaken you and is controlling the way you live, right? But he was still a great teacher on the outside, right? There was nothing wrong inherently with his teaching, but was his fruit good? No. And I'm sorry, I'm not here to judge whether he went to heaven or hell, but all signs point not super good right now because he was living in, in sin he was hiding his sin. He was not living in repentance. Jesus said, unless you repent, you will not see the kingdom of God. So to me, there's a problem, right? But we still say, well, he has good teaching. Well, yeah, I don't want to be associated with anyone who just has good teaching. I want to be associated with someone who has a good life and good teaching. That's why Jesus is the best teacher because he lived it and he spoke it. So again, Jesus is saying false teachers, they come in sheep's clothing, right? And again, I'm not saying that Rabbi Zacharias came to be a false teacher on the earth but he was bound to his sin. He had a demonic issue, but he probably didn't believe that demons could be in him. So, you know, he never dealt with that issue. Okay. That, that's a major problem. So whether or not he met, you know, people want to say, well, he didn't mean to, it doesn't matter. Jesus is saying false teachers, they come in sheep's clothing, right? He came in sheep's clothing. He looked pure on the outside, but on the inside, he was not pure. He was not pure. And I don't want to listen to someone who is still colluding with demons. Uh, just that that ain't it. You know, we're going to talk about that later as we go on. And actually, we're going to go there right now. <laughs> uh, so let's head over to 1 Timothy 4. And I know some of this might be putting off to you or whatever. Just, just please, I just ask that you listen because I think this is very important. We really, of course, God is a God of grace, but I think we hyper grace things. Like we completely let things slide because we're like, well, who am I to judge, you know? Well, actually, it says if you want to be an elder in the church, you have to bring up, you have to rebuke, you have to correct, right? And that's, again, so don't say to me, oh, what are you doing? You shouldn't be speaking that way to people. Well, no, I'm, I'm here to help and correct and rebuke because we have to bring these things up. How did the church get where they are today? Because we just push things down. We keep pushing it down. We keep pushing it down. We never bring things up to the surface. So all these people are coming and on their face, like, yeah, I love Jesus. We're worshiping God. And inside they're struggling with sin. They're, they're, um, they're not free from demons and they're not living holy lives. All right. But it's because we don't bring things to the surface. We're like, well, we can't judge. So push it down. No, we need to bring things to the surface and talk about it. So what is one first Timothy four, one sound say not sound, excuse me. The spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. So Paul is telling this to Timothy, right? As he's saying, encouraging him in his walk and, and to be an overseer, uh, you know, of, of these churches and stuff to kind of hand the baton off. Right. So again, the spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. And then it tells about what those teachers do and how they make these crazy rules and they follow wives tales and stuff. But remember, he's talking about in the church, there will be other teachers that will basically be teaching doctrine that is taught by demons, right? He's not saying 
These people will, it's not a flesh thing. These people will just teach the wrong doctrine. He's like, no, people will abandon their true faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Well, demons need a body to teach out of. They don't just teach, right? So he's talking about here, at least in my discernment and how I understand it and how I've seen it is that people are going to be deceived by people who are operating in a different spirit. Okay. These are church people. These aren't just random. He's not saying, you know, the world will be deceived, obviously. We're all deceived, or not we're all, but we've all been deceived in our past. He's talking about people in the faith will abandon the true faith. People think, oh, that means they're going to, you know, completely leave God. No, no, no. He, he's saying they'll follow new teachings. And it says right here, such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose conscience have been seared as with a hot iron, right? They forbid people to marry. They make all these laws, right? They're not saying they're not Christian. They're making all these laws on top, right? And we see this, there's sects of Christianity where it's like, well, we still need to obey the, the Jewish law, even though there's tons of verses in the Bible that says that's not, that's completely not true, right? These are the little deceiving spirits that are operating in our pastors, in our preachers. I'm sorry. I know you don't want to hear this, but it's true. And they're completely manipulating the truth. And because someone's a pastor or a teacher, or even like me, I have a podcast. Y'all are like, oh my gosh, well, they must know the truth. So I'm going to listen to pastors every day. No, we have to get in our word. We have to read our Bible. We have the great pastor. His name is Jesus Christ, right? And that's hopefully what I'm here to do. I'm just here to bring God's message to you, to share what it's written in his word with you, not to make up my own doctrines. If it was up to me, I would just say, hey, do whatever you want and have a good time. But that's not what it is. I was listening to the, my one of my podcasts when we were on our, I uh, was on a road trip this two weeks ago and uh, I was just listening to one to see kind of how it sounded. And there was a pause and Emma was like, my sister, she's like, Oh, nice. That was a good dramatic pause right there. I'm like, no, I was probably drinking a water or something. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was funny anyways. So yes, deceiving spirits. So we have to be so careful. You guys, it sounds good. It sounds like, oh, this is correct. You know, he said a few, th I mean, I've heard people say, no, you know what my, you know, after what you told me about baptism, I went to my church and yeah, I heard some, I heard them. They talked about baptism and they said it's important. Okay. We got to get to the root. Okay. You can't just sit hear something from your pastor and be like, okay, that justifies me to listen to him. No, you need to make sure when you go listen to any teacher or pastor, you need to make sure you know every single doctrinal issue that he has and what he believes and stands on. That's why the first season of this podcast was all about, this is where I stand. This is what the Bible says. It's not just where I stand. It's what the Bible says, but just so that you're clear. So you don't just start listening to my teaching without understanding this is what I believe and this is what I see is true. So you can't be listening to a teacher like, well, he has some good teaching. John MacArthur cracks me up, right? People listen to him. So many people listen to him. And yes, he has great teaching. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I've never really listened to him, but I'm sure I know people who listen to him. I'm not saying you're bad and he's bad, but ugh, you know, he's, he's kind of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Why? Because He's saying, no, the supernatural gifts aren't for today. So if you prophesy, if you heal, uh, that's demonic. Okay, there's a problem with that. I'm not going to listen to someone who's 50% truth, even if they're 99% truth. I want to listen to John MacArthur if he doesn't even share the same supernatural uh, beliefs that I share. Then what do we share? We just share doctrine. That's it. We don't, we don't actually share the same spirit, the spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, the spirit that heals, the spirit that casts demons out. If you don't believe in that, what do you even believe in? That's the gospel. That's the Holy Spirit power. 
If you don't believe in the Holy Spirit, then... So my point is, we can't be like, well, he has good teaching. If he doesn't believe the truth, then what's the point in listening? Because here's the thing. If he doesn't believe the full truth, little parts of your mind are going to be seared by his um, teaching based on his experience. Like, well, I haven't seen healing, so they must not be true. And you're, you're going to start to doubt, huh? I wonder if that is real. No, we have to get all those thoughts and those false teachings out of our mind. That's not good. That's There's no way that's helping you. I know you're thinking, well, how can just putting on a sermon help me, hurt me? It can hurt you in a lot of ways. It can plant thoughts in your head. It can make you believe wrong things, make you see scriptures in the wrong way, in a religious way, right? We have a lot of religious teachers, right? We're not to be religious. That's what the Pharisees were. We're supposed to have a relationship with God. We can all understand the Bible. Boom. Yes. So again, at the end of First uh, Timothy 4, he says, watch your life and doctrine closely, preserve them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers, right? So for me, if I don't, if I don't uh, watch my doctrine closely, not only do I not save myself, but I won't save my hearers. He's saying you can draw many people astray. And that's why he's talking to Timothy, who was kind of a overseer of the churches. You know, if you're speaking something wrong, or even to me, like Taylor, if you're speaking something wrong, then many people are going to believe wrong things. And that's why Jesus even said, you know, teachers will be judged more strictly. Right. So keep this all in mind. And I hope you guys are opening your Bible when we're reading this. Uh, it's just, again, this is all part of not getting wrapped up in wrong doctrine. You need to look at your Bible. You need to check it. We got to take this stuff more seriously. Just because they're a pastor and just because they belong to your denomination means absolutely diddly squat nothing. Okay. And again, I'm not trying to be annoying or mean. I'm just trying to not mince words as quickly as possible to just say, listen, we really got to check ourselves, right? We got to check ourselves. What we got to, I don't go listen to someone for advice if they're doing something that I disagree with, right? We got to think very logically about these things. Okay. So let's go to second Timothy. We're going to be jumping back. So I'm getting Timothy first Timothy. Actually, we'll go to the first Timothy six, three through five real quick, just so we don't have to go back, even though it's like three pages away. Um, <laughs> first Timothy six, three to five. If anyone teaches, remember, he's still talking to Timothy here. If anyone teaches false doctrines and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, what was the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, you must be born of water and of spirit to enter the kingdom. He is conceited and understands nothing. So again, if you, if you, uh, does not, if you does not agree in, sorry, if anyone teaches false doctrine and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ, right to the sound instruction to all of it, he is conceited and understands nothing. So if you understand half, well, it might as well you understand nothing because you need to understand the fullness of God, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, um, because you're going to lack if you only want part of it. Like for instance, with John MacArthur, I'm sorry to call his name out, but I think a lot of people resonate with hearing that voice and understanding what I'm saying. He has an unhealthy interest in controversies and arguments that result in envy, quarreling, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between men of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth. So they had the truth, but they were robbed of it and who think that godliness is a mean to financial gain. So look at the prosperity gospel. I mean, most of us know that's wrong, but Joel Osteen, right? This is a man preaching that I'm sure there's a part of him that loves God, but he's infiltrated by some sort of demonic spirit that is... Again, remember what it said. Some people will listen. The spirit clearly says in later times, people will abandon the faith, follow deceiving spirits. That's a deceiving spirit. If he's telling an out and out lie about, hey, come to Christ, you can get rich. That's a deceiving spirit. That's demonic. 
don't care if it's, oh, well, you know, maybe he just has a misunderstanding. No, that's demonic. You're taking the Bible, your scripture, and twisting it. And that's what he even says right here. Um, who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. We can't think that me being godly means that I'll be get financial, uh, financially um, blessed, right? Okay, so do we get this? We, we can't have a part of it. Joel, see, maybe he has some good teaching. I'm sure. I, he's not a, he's he's not an evil man. He's not, uh, well, you know, it depends how we define evil. I mean, I think going against God's word like that and leading a lot of people astray, yeah, that does look evil in my mind, but I'm not here to judge him per se um, and just, you know, throw hot coals on his head. But my point is, is, he, I'm sure he's taught one or two good things, but that's not enough for me to listen to him. You know what I mean? Like I don't listen to um, a rapist if they have a few good things to say. Like, okay, bro, I'm not listening to you for anything because obviously something's wrong with your mental. Same thing. We say, oh, that's totally demonic, but we don't say that someone preaching the prosperity gospel isn't demonic. That's demonic as well. Come on. It's the same thing. You're not sound-minded. You're, you're, you're confused, right? We're going to talk about that in a sec. So, Let's go to 2 Timothy, right? Uh, Timothy 4, 2 through 5. Wow, we're bouncing around in the Bible today, and I love it. Um, I just think it's so good. We really need to hear it from God's mouth, not from my mouth. So I'll shut up. <laughs> um, again, still talking to Timothy. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. So again, that's our job. My job right here is to just correct and rebuke, right? And also encourage you guys. Like, it's fine that we've all listened to teachers that maybe weren't teaching us the truth, right? But that's how we correct it. If we don't bring it up, we can't correct it. And if we don't correct it, I can't encourage you because you're not correcting it. For the time will come when, again, he repeats himself in the next letter he sent. So this is important. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. Powerful. And I know we've heard this before, but what we have to realize here is, again, when we read turn aside to myths, we're thinking, oh, wow, they must have really, they must have went from Christianity to Buddhism. I don't think that's what it's saying because all of these letters were written to Christians and they were, and Paul was saying, Hey, even in like first John, he's like, you know, be careful of this sect because this sect was coming against them and saying, Jesus wasn't the son of God really, but we still believe in God and taking pieces, pieces, which are myths. Whatever is not true is a myth. Okay. So we're not just talking about other, um, religions. We're talking about twisting the truth. I mean, come on. Why do we have 2 billion denominations of, of Christianity? That's a problem in my mind. That's a huge major issue. Um, we're not united, but it's because many people are listening to deceiving spirits. They've been deceived themselves. I'm sure Joel Osteen got deceived himself. And now he's allowed that spirit to rule him. And now he's deceiving others unknowingly or knowingly. He's doing it. We have to call out what he's doing. I don't Don't say, oh, well, he's not knowing. It doesn't matter. He's still doing it. So for the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. We won't put up with it. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers, right? How do we see, where do we see this? Let's do a seminar. Let's have this teacher. Let's have this guy. Let's have this guy. Should we have this guy? No, no, that guy's a little too radical. That guy's a little too crazy. No, let's have this guy, this guy, this guy, right? 
will gather all these teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear, right? We think because we're listening to uh, the pastor at Elevation Church that he knows best because a thousand people follow him. You know how many people will follow the Antichrist? Most of the world. So why do we judge how good of a teacher someone is based on how many followers they have, based on, you know, what degree they got? I'm sure the Antichrist could go get a degree in divinity. That means nothing to me. Absolutely nothing. Degrees mean nothing. Sorry. Do you have the Holy Spirit or not? I, I, I was thinking the other day, I'm like, if I started a Bible school, I would literally, the first teaching for everyone would be like, okay, you want to be a pastor. Do you have the Holy Spirit? Because I'm sure a lot of people are going to Bible school, learning about God, preaching about God, maybe don't have the Holy Spirit. And if that's a problem to you or what I'm saying is you feel like it's wrong, check out the Holy Spirit. Um, episode. It's in season one. I think it's enlightening and maybe it can help clear that up for you. But again, and what will they do? They'll tell you what they're itching, what your itching ears want to hear, right? We all want to hear that message that says you're loved by God. You're doing great. Like everything is fine, right? Like don't worry. God's going to give your parents a second chance. Don't worry. God's going to, and I'm not trying to sound gloom and doom, but even Jesus says we have to forget everyone. We talked about this a few weeks ago, leave everything behind to follow him. That doesn't mean he doesn't love your parents. That doesn't mean he doesn't love your aunt, your uncle, your sister, your brother. What that means is God wants all of you and he wants him, he wants you to let go and let him take care of the situation, right? We can't be thinking that, well, you know, yeah, we have to be born again. My mom isn't, you know, she loves God. So, you know, she'll be okay. No, that, that's not how it works. But what you can do is now knowing what you know that someone must be born again, that we must repent. And also you experiencing God's love and just his true spiritual connection. You can share that now with your mom. So don't try to make excuses for the people that you love, but now bring the truth to them. You'll be surprised how many people react to this gospel in a beautiful, incredible, amazing way, you know? So that's that's an encouragement for you guys. Like, it's okay to accept this and not only just for yourself, but for other people. And I know sometimes accepting all of this implies that someone you love is not on the road to salvation, but that's why our job is to help them get there. If we always made excuses for everyone, how would we go make disciples? Cause we can just make an excuse for everyone that they're going to heaven. If we all compare ourselves to Hitler. Everyone's just Gucci, but that's not how it is. You know? So we have to be very careful. We don't want to listen to preachers or people that give our itching ears what we want to hear. Right? Like, oh, you know, you're going to be rich. Oh, you know, God wants the best for you. He's not going to let you suffer. You know, I want to do an episode on this. You know, Jesus said we will be persecuted. So if someone comes to you and be like, no, Jesus said you will, you know, Jesus wants you to know today that you're never going to be persecuted. You're never going to be hated. You're going to be loved forever. No, that's, that's not what the Bible says. Um, so we have to be so careful. We cannot gather around preachers that are going to tell us what our itching ears want to hear. Um, and even if that's something like, you know, people who don't, preachers who don't believe the supernatural gifts are for today. Is that something we want to hear? We have to search our hearts. Is that something we want to hear because we've never experienced supernatural gifts in our life? So because we haven't experienced them, our pride tells us, well, if I haven't experienced them, then they're not real. Is that our itching ears want to hear that they're not real to justify our self-righteousness, right? Like I had a form of self-righteousness when I came to the Lord. I thought, well, if I don't have sex before marriage and I don't do this and that, well, then I'm good. Well, that's not how it works. So just if you think, you know, I don't believe the supernatural gifts because I don't see them in my life. And you know, if the pastor says it, then I'm good. 
But that's again, hearing what our itching ears want to hear instead of looking at the Bible and being like, okay, Jesus said, this is for all men far off, right? Men and women. Okay. Well then maybe I need to go and try to pray for someone to heal them to see if God's healing is really real. Right. We have so many people. And I was listening to a podcast the other day and it was so interesting. Like so many people want to say, oh, deliverance isn't a thing. Healing isn't a thing. But so many of those people haven't even tried before. It's like all you have to do in Jesus name, I command you to leave or in Jesus name, pain go. That's all it is. But people don't even want to try. They just want to in their self-righteous ways be like, no, that's not a thing because I don't I don't see that in my life. No, that's not a thing. And again, to some people, this seems like, well, this is a minor, you know, um, this is a minor um, difference and, you know, thing that we disagree on, but is it a big deal? Well, with a friend or something? No, of course, there's, we work on each other, right? We love on each other. We help each other to understand. We show each other. That's why God gave us the gifts so that we could show people that Christ is real. But with your pastor, with your teachers that you're listening to, no, I don't think you should be listening to them if they're preaching something that is alternate, al- an alternate or alternate from what you believe. Is that the right word? Is different from what you believe, right? If you know healing is real and he's saying it's not, that's a major turnoff, right? Now, what else is he saying that maybe you don't have as much experience in that is polluting your mind and making you believe something isn't real or is real that's not? So we want to make sure everyone has sound doctrine. And if we're going to listen to them, we have sound doctrine. And we can talk about this at the end, but that's why for me, I only have a very hand, very small handful of preachers that I like to listen to. Call me boring, whatever. Even when people send me things, like I'll, I'll give it a listen. And I've, some people actually from this podcast have sent me stuff and I've, I've loved it, you know? Um, but my point is, is for myself, uh, even when I read out of like commentaries, there's about three or four people that I would listen to because why I've listened to every single one of their videos. I've read many of their books. I know where they stand on their doctrine so that I know I can trust that God is working through them because what they preach is what I read in the Bible. If you hear something being preached, that's important. Obviously, again, if it's very minute and they're maybe seeing it a different way, fine. But if they're saying, you know, uh, no, you don't need to repent. Oh, no, you don't really need the Holy Spirit. Oh, no, you just have to ask Jesus in your heart. And you're like, I don't see that in the Bible. You, you got to get rid of that person. That, you can't have partial truth, okay? So, and again, I don't mean to say this in like a stern way. I, I'm just really trying to protect you guys because I've been there as well. Like we have to protect ourselves from people that are going to feed us not wrong thoughts. You know what I mean? Like you might have one pastor that's saying all this good stuff and then he does a message on like, you need to love yourself and all this stuff. And you're like, yeah. Well, what does that do? That invites a spirit of pride into your life. Maybe you start really being like, yeah, I need to love myself more, right? And then pride comes in and now you're dealing with a demonic spirit of pride. No, again, that's a crazy way to kind of illustrate it. But my point is like, I want to protect you guys and make sure that you're hearing people that are sound. We don't want to be confused, right? Double-mindedness is the thing that plagues our humanity. Think about it, Um, you know, with... uh same-sex attraction, right? That's so confusing. That's so upside down. Yet most people are pretty willing to accept it. We're very under a spirit of confusion in this world. And I know you're thinking, confusion? That's not a spirit. What are you talking about? That's like saying anger is a spirit. I'm not trying to blame everything on demons, but people who are very confused in their thinking. And again, remember the devil is prowling around like a lion looking for someone to devour. He's trying to infiltrate some of you with a spirit of confusion. Why? Because he's introducing the, the, the devil doesn't care if you're listening to pastors. 
Okay. He doesn't care if you're listening to pastors that aren't preaching the full truth. So he might be feeding you all these different pastors to try to confuse you and to try for you to accept the spirit of confusion to come in. It's like, well, I believe this. Well, I kind of believe this. And every day you're listening to a new pastor and you're getting a completely different understanding and you're believing a completely different thing. That's the devil trying to infiltrate you with a spirit of confusion. Okay. Like we have to be careful. Like that's why I don't dig with people. And, and that's why I don't watch all these pastors. Cause I know for myself, I'll get confused. I'll start to doubt things that I know are a hundred percent true. Like you start to doubt, well, can a Christian have a demon? But I've seen like 10 billion people who spoke in tongues and had a demon cast out of themselves. So, and the Bible, again, it's not about this episode, but the Bible makes it clear that yes, they can. So, but I can listen to someone who says no, and then get really confused. Right. That's not meaning that, well, maybe there's some truth in that guy. No, the devil wants to infiltrate you with confusion. So that's why you need to, A, know your word and B, um, be able to discern pastors. And how do you discern pastors? Knowing the word, right? I hear those things and then you start to question. And then I'm like, wait, no, I see it in the word and I match it with my experience. So no, I, I can't listen to that person. We cannot be confused. You're going to just keep taking steps back and forward, step back and forth with God if you're confused about things. You just need to buckle in, accept the word, found, find sound doctrine and go forward. And then we can talk about that then. But, you know, even first John four, one says, test every spirit. He's talking to Christians. So he's like, make sure you're listening to someone who's speaking out of the Holy Spirit. Make sure you're listening to the Holy Spirit inside of you. Don't be listening to demons like first Timothy said. Okay. Now Galatians one, six through 10. I, I love this one. Um, let's see. He says, um, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. This is what I was saying, you guys. And it's not like they're turning to Buddhism. They're perverting their, their, uh, altering the gospel just a bit. So you're turning to a different gospel which is really no gospel at all. So again, that's backing up what I was saying. If it's 50% of God, if it's 80% of God, it ain't God. It ain't the gospel. We need all of it. You know, you can't be sitting in your church and being like, well, you know, they don't preach supernatural gifts, but they preach a lot of other things really good. That's no gospel at all. He says, um, and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all, right? Without the Holy Spirit, you can't have the good news because the good news is that with the Holy Spirit, you can overcome sin. You can heal the sick. You can, you can, uh, drink poison and not be harmed. All these things. It's no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Okay. That's so weird. I literally just said pervert and we were talking about confusion and there it is right there. So that's confirming right there. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, we being Paul, should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned, right? So what do we have in the Bible? The Bible says, they asked Peter, what shall we do? And he said, repent, be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then it says, this is for everyone far off. So he's saying, if we come to you and we preach something different than what we did at the beginning, then do not listen to us. That's powerful right there. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's in the Bible, so we need to trust what's in the Bible, not what some pastor's telling us. But even if we are an angel from heaven should preach an angel, preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. 
He doubles down. Let him be eternally condemned. So I know you guys think, oh, Taylor, you're you're kind of harsh, like with people. You know, you you take people's names and you just ring them through the mud. But just as we're all trying to be more like Jesus, I'm trying to be like Jesus, like his disciples, right? What did they do? He's being very clear. If they preach an alternate gospel, let them be eternally condemned. He is literally cursing them with his words. And then he's saying it again, let them be condemned. So I think I'm actually being pretty nice by saying, you know, Joel, I'm sure he's a nice guy. Like Paul is saying, let him be eternally condemned because he's preaching an incorrect gospel. Let John MacArthur be eternally condemned because he is preaching a false gospel. That's big. Don't say, oh, Taylor, that's me. It's right here, right here. Go look. Galatians 1, 6 through 10. And the 10th verse says, am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I will not be a servant of Christ. Man, this, this section is perfect. Everything I'm saying is like doubling down even for me. Like I'm preaching to myself, like Taylor, don't, don't worry about pleasing men. Don't worry about the approval of people listening to this podcast. Like I am trying to be a servant of God and please God. And if I don't warn people about false teachers, then people are going to fall, lose their salvation and be worse than they were. That's why I'm here. You might not like this message. You might not accept it, but I'm here to help warn and help ring the bell. So yeah, please take it in love. Uh, And again, it's not against you guys. Just we got to be so careful. I'm trying to open your eyes that we need to be more careful. What does 1 Peter 5, 8 say? And in talking about, we don't want to let a spirit of confusion. We've been dealing with a lot of people that... um. And it's not no shame. It's just uh, people who have had the spirit of confusion over their life because God is uh, uh, the devil has perverted things in their life. Um, and then that has entered in a spirit. of, And we're talking about a demon here of confusion um, where they know the truth. But then the next minute they're kind of confused and oh maybe it's this way, maybe it's this way, which is so horrible. But that's why I'm trying to warn you guys, because that's what the devil wants to do. And I know all those people who have been delivered from a spirit of confusion could tell you the same thing. Like they thought it was God's voice telling them to do this. It was, they thought this was the right way. Then they thought this was the right way. You know, we're under a spirit of confusion in America. We think right is wrong and wrong is right. That's confusion. Okay. That is insanity and it's confusion. So I'm warning you guys against that. This isn't just a, Hey, make sure your doctrine's good. It's like, we don't want to accept evil spirits in ourselves because of listening to too many voices. First Peter five, eight. Um, where is it? Oh yeah, here we go. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Right? So he's saying, be alert, be self-controlled. So this is me ringing the door so that you guys can be alert saying, okay, I got to be more careful on who I'm listening to. I don't want to invite a spirit of confusion because this is how a spirit of confusion comes in. You start hearing all these voices and now you're confused. Which one is God? Which one is the truth? And then the spirit of confusion says, okay, I can come on in because they're confused. And because you keep doing it, right? Uh, your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion. He's looking to devour you. Some of you are saying, well, that's not fair. He's looking to devour you. He's looking to destroy you. Even if it's through preachers. Come on. The devil doesn't, again, come in horns in a red cape and say, hey, follow me. Okay. No, that yes, some people are Satanists, but he uses the preachers. He doesn't care if you go to church. The devil's in church. He's sitting in the pews right next to you probably. 
he goes to church and he is fine with 99% of these pastors because they preach an incorrect gospel. And just like Galatians says, Paul says, that ain't a gospel at all. That's nothing. May they be eternally condemned. He wants to confuse you. He wants you to jump churches. He wants you to listen to a billion different pastors because he wants to confuse you from the truth. He doesn't care if you've heard the truth. Knowing the truth means you are sound-minded. So you can hear the truth, but if you're hearing all these other different channels, he just wants you to be confused and never really make it all the way. Don't be confused. Rebuke a spirit of confusion over your life right now. If you need to and just say in the name of Jesus, I renounce and I rebuke a spirit of confusion over my life. I'm not joking. Words have power. We have to speak to the devil. Again, James, you know, don't be double-minded. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Cleanse yourself from double-mindedness, right? While we are hauling through this episode, um, man, and I'm literally sweating. Uh, maybe that's TMI, but it's so hot here. Uh, let's hit up First Corinth or Second Corinthians 11, if you guys are still with me. Um, here we go. So... I want to read this. I don't want to read this whole thing, but I'm going to read some sections. But please, I'm telling you, go back, read chapter 11, read the whole book, for goodness sakes. Um, but just because of time and trying to explain context and all that stuff, I'm going to read you a part of what it's saying. But it's talking about false apostles, false teachers, the same kind of thing. Paul is always warning against this. That's how we know it's prevalent. And we're in worse times than they were now. So it's more prevalent, I'm sure. But something that I thought was interesting um, He says, I'm afraid, verse three, uh, that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Right? So the devil's very cunning. He he knows how to get us, right? Like you even think about Eve. It's kind of like coming to my mind right now. Was she thinking, wow, I'm going to go directly against God? Or was she thinking, wow, like I want to be more like God. Okay, maybe I should eat the fruit. It's not like she was an evil person. She's like, I just want to hate God and go against him. She's like, I want to be like him, right? And Adam being, you know, a goon as well, ate it. Um, My point is though, is the devil was very cunning, right? Um, Again, he didn't come in a red cape, although yes, he was a talking serpent. So come on, it's a little obvious, but you know, who knows? Um, But my point is, is... um, he was able to manipulate a way in their minds that, oh, maybe this would be good for me. And that's what we do even with pastor. Well, this pastor really helps me. Like he makes me feel good, but maybe you don't need to be feel good right now. Maybe you're sinning and all this stuff. But if the pastor is just telling you you're good, it's giving you a false sense of security. Right. And I know you're like, well, my mental health, but yes, but if you continue in this whole, well, my mental health, I need someone that preaches more nice and sweet and and encouraging, right? But if we never get preached the correcting, convicting things, we're not going to turn around and, and walk a different way. That's a problem. So that's why we got to ring the doorbell. Look at Jesus. And I've said this before. Most of his sermons were completely convicting and completely pointing towards people in the room being like, this is you, this is you, right? He was so loving because love is literally bringing it up and being like, I want to help you. We can get through this, but you can't do this anymore. You're destroying yourself. So we can't listen to preachers that are just gummy bearing it up every week and just giving us that soft pitch. Um, we need ones that are throwing fastballs, curveballs, so that we are 
continually adapting and learning. And that's why, again, I've said this before, but we've preached on God's love and we've, and as you guys know me, like I'm, I'm in your corner. I love you guys. And I'm here to encourage you. And I do that by my actions, but by my mouth, I speak truth because truth is love. If I don't speak truth, I am not in love. Um, so there's a different, I don't just come on here and say, you guys are loved. You guys are loved. That's not really loving. That's, that's not warning people is, is loving because I'm not the judge. I know who the judge is and I know his, what his standards are. So I'm here to help you guys get there. Boom. Um, so yeah. And then, and then in the second Corinthians, uh, if you go down to verse, um, um, 13 through 15, talk again, talking about people who, uh, false apostles that are saying, you know, we're greater or, um, preaching different things or whatever. Again, read that part uh, because it's very packed in. That's why I know we didn't have time to talk about it, but he says such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen masquerading as apostles of Christ. So there's many people you don't, if you think this is just, Oh, this is just for now for then. No, there's still many people in the church that are masquerading as apostles of Christ. And I'm not even saying they're meaning to, but people who are still in sin, that's a grade A problem because that says that, okay, there's something in their, their life that, um, can be perverting the truth in their life, God in their life, right? We can't have it both ways. So if you're listening to people, but they're not living a fully godly life, or you don't know their life, both of those are red flags. If I don't know your life, don't know your fruit, then that's a problem. So he's saying, you know, they, they, uh, masquerade as apostles. They look like apostles, but they aren't. Um, and no wonder for saying himself masquerades as an angel of light. Come on, you guys, these pastors, some of these pastors, some of these teachers, some of the people you're listening to, the devil is masquerading as an angel of light. So don't think, oh, well, they're so nice. They're so sweet. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're speaking from the mouth of God, that they are being, um, uh, influenced by the Holy Spirit. Um, the devil wants us to go off our emotions and by what we see. So we see someone, oh, they look clean, they look nice. Look at all these people that listen to them, him. He's a popular pastor, must be good. Um, he's very nice, but you're not seeing the fruit. And what is he speaking? Is he preaching the word of God or is he preaching, you know, some else, some other gospel, which like he said, isn't a gospel at all. I mean, think about this, like the gospel is supposed to divide and even Jesus, he had a lot of followers, but he had a lot of people that hated him. So if a pastor isn't hated by anyone, that's a major problem to me. A lot of people don't like me. I'm just going to be honest. That's what happens when you preach the truth. I'm not saying that it's a fleshly dislike. I know something in their spirit doesn't like my spirit. If a pastor's out there and everyone loves him and there's no problem with him, that's a problem in itself. Jesus said, you will be persecuted. You will be hated because I was hated first. If you can hate Jesus, then they better hate you because Jesus was way nicer and way better than any of us and they still hated him. Last verse, it is not surprising then if his servants masquerade as servants of righteousness, their end will be what their actions deserve. So our end is our actions. So the pastor, yeah, we can preach all this good stuff. If our actions, if our life doesn't demonstrate what we preach, then, well, they will get the end they deserve. And again, it's not surprising if his servants masquerades as servant of righteousness, right? We look um, like servants of righteousness, but many people are not. So yeah, read all these back again, you guys. These are really good verses and I think you would be encouraged and also want to put up more of a wall towards preachers, teachers, even for me. I mean, call me stupid, call me crazy, call me, you know, a little extra, but I'm even careful on what churches I go to because I don't want to get confused. I don't want to have judgment and I don't want to hear something that's not full God. I just don't. 
I don't. If I can listen to Jesus, why would I go listen to, you know, uh, James, right? I love James, but if I can listen to Jesus, I'd much rather listen to him. That's my point. Even with these pastors, I don't care how good he is. If there's something a little wrong or, or whatever, not saying James is wrong. That was a bad example, but my point is don't be obsessed with these pastors. Don't think because I listen to a sermon every morning, I'm good. How about you read your Bible every morning? That's way better. That's way better. So yeah, let's go over to Jude because Jude is actually a really cool book. And some of you who know your Bibles are probably pretty surprised that I haven't been there yet because it's kind of about false teachers and and deceit in the church and all this stuff. Um, but I just want to read a few verses out of this. Jude 1, 4. Um, actually, Jude 1, 3 through 4. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are godless men who change the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ as our only sovereign and Lord. So he's saying there's many people that have slipped into the church. And again, if this is happening then, it's for sure happening now because we're way more quiet in the church. We don't have these saints writing to us every, you know, week. And sorry, I didn't mean to say saints like Catholic. I just mean like men of God. Um, Right. So for certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. And what are they doing? They change the grace of God into a license for immorality. And what are those men called? Godless men. So if there's a pastor that's telling you, you can do whatever you want. It's God's grace alone. We are all sinners. If you sin, it's okay. Just keep sinning. It's fine. We are saved by the grace. Nothing else. It is God's blood. Well, I'm sorry. He's called a godless man here. And who changed the grace of God into a license for immorality. So they're changing the grace of God. That is, I'm not here to say that God's grace isn't a real thing, but they're making it a license. It's one thing to be like, oh gosh, oh my gosh, Lord, I, I messed up. Please, he has grace. His grace was sending his son. But me just going about me like, well, I have grace. So I'm just going to do it. That's my free ticket. No, that's false. That's a false gospel. And he's saying many men have tried to do that. And I would say that's the biggest thing in the church. It's ask Jesus into your heart and you know, you're going to live a sinful life, but do your best. That's a license to sin. I don't, I don't care if you think do your best means no, no, he's saying to not sin. No, he's not. They're not preaching about hell. They're not preaching against sin. They're just saying, you know, try your best. You'll be all right. No, that ain't it at all. That ain't it at all. We cannot let people teach that grace is a license to sin. We can't. We can't. And if you're in sin, I can't sit here and say, it's okay, God loves you and everything's okay. No, God's grace is not a license to sin. We have to repent. The number one step to salvation is repent. What is repent? It's not saying sorry. It's turning away from your old life. So how can you be sinning and also turning away? It's impossible. So that's why when I say this person is in sin, well, then they're not repenting. Well, repenting is the the first step of salvation. So are they being saved right now? I'm not a, they're saved or not saved. They're not being saved in that current moment because they're not repent. They're not living in repentance. They're living in complete um, denial and uh, the opposite way of Christ. It's very black and white. Repentance is a black and white word. You're going one way, you go the other. There's only two ways. <sighs> yeah, sorry, that's a lot. But um, we have to keep that in mind 
even like that verse we were reading earlier, you know, it's about their fruit. You will be able to judge a teacher by his fruit, a deacon by his fruit. So if he's still living in sin or he's saying, you know, it's okay if you go sin, you have a license, whatever. That's not a good teacher. I don't care how sound even his teaching is. Don't listen to him because his life isn't. And eventually that life, that sin will creep into his teaching and you will be so deep and indoctrinated into that man's teaching that you will miss it. I'm telling you. Sorry, these are big con- concepts and I'm just trying to throw them out. But let's read the end of Jude here. Uh, verse 17. But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times, there will be scoffers who will follow their own godly desires. These are the men who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. Okay, this is my interpretation. So read it over and you take it for how you want. But he's talking about false teachers in the in the uh, church, right? And then he's saying that uh, in later times, um, sorry, last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the men who divide you. Okay. If they're dividing them, then that means they have to be in the church, at least in my mind. I'm just giving you my interpretation of this one because it's not completely uh, clear Uh, as if we need another verse to be very clear about the whole thing, but they're dividing them because they follow their natural instincts and do not have the spirit. To me, that's telling me exactly what I've seen and experienced in the church, that many people are operating without the Holy Spirit. And because of that, they're trying to do it on their natural instincts. They follow natural instincts and they're dividing us. So we have some pastors who are preaching out of the Holy Spirit. So that means they're being led into all truth. Then there's pastors who don't have the Holy Spirit. So they're very easily swayed and they are going off their instincts. So when someone says, I have a problem, they're like, well, you just need to renew your mind and and go to this seminar and this seminar. Now a spirit-led Christian says, okay, you need prayer. Maybe you need deliverance. Maybe there's something demonic attached. Maybe you uh, need to get baptized. Maybe you don't have the Holy Spirit. One way is the flesh way of fixing it and the other way is the spirit. If a pastor isn't working in the spiritual ways, then he's operating on the flesh. And I would even have to question, not saying they don't, I'm not here to point fingers, but question if they have the Holy Spirit or not because they're trying to do it on natural instincts. And like he says, they do not have the capital S spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. So I think that's important. Check out that verse. That's my interpretation. But to me, that's saying that um, there will be people in the church that will divide because they will be acting off their flesh and we'll be acting off our spirit. And I see that. I see that. There, he said in the later times, well, this has been fulfilled because I'm watching this in all the churches. Many churches don't flow in the Holy Spirit and they're trying to follow God in the flesh. So the only way they can justify that is by saying, well, yeah, you know, we're all sinners and we have grace and thank God for God's grace because they can't overcome sin. Why? Because they don't have the Holy Spirit. So I get why they've changed their doctrine slowly to be like, well, you know, we're, we're all sinners and you know, it's okay if you sin where Jesus was like, no, you need to repent. You need to turn away. You cannot sin. You have to leave your sin behind. Um, they're giving a license to sin. That's how these things steam, uh, or, um, develop a domino effect, you know? So if you're listening to this pastor and slow or this church and slowly, it's not operating the Holy Spirit, they're going to start slowly bringing in human instincts, fleshly things into an area where it needs to be led by the spirit. And again, I'm sorry, that was a lot of reading and a lot of stuff. And if you need to listen to this again, go for it. My point is, guys, we just have to be careful who we're listening to. Um, we need sound teaching. And that's why I'm trying to be here to give sound teaching as best as I can by the glory of God and by the grace of God. 
Um, but yeah, guys, and, and I'm just going to listen to people, but you need to do your own research, but I really want to give, when I started this, I wanted it to be a place where I could give you guys resources. Some people that I listen to are David Pawson and Derek Prince. Um, and then there's one other gentleman who, again, <laughs> the reason I'm slow to say his name is because his name is Isaiah Saldivar. He talks about the demonic, um, and he has a lot of insight on that because he cast demons out. But he, I will say that his understanding of baptism isn't full. Now, he does believe that you must be baptized, right? But he doesn't believe necessarily like we've explained and like how I sh- how it shows in the Bible that, you know, it's required, that it's spiritual. Um, so that's why, again, with him, I'm a little bit held back. I listen to the things about demons, but mm, be careful about other things. But with David Pawson and Derek Prince, I've, I, especially David Pawson, I've watched... 80% of David Pawson's videos. Uh, I know his life, his fruit, and I, I've read about his doctrine and he's taught me so much. So if you need good teaching, he's older. He actually just passed away last year. I've actually played a clip of his on here before. Uh, I think it was in season two, but check him out. Um, he changed my life. He changed my family's life. Uh, all glory to God, obviously. But yeah, those are some people uh, to check out if you feel like, man, I really do need to get away from these pastors and I really need to focus into someone who has sound doctrine. I've done the work for you. Check it out. And many people have loved him that I've recommended them to. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, that's about it. You guys, I hope that this impacted you and I hope it just opens your eyes. And I just want to pray right now, Lord God, right now, I just pray against any spirit of confusion coming against anyone right now in the name of Jesus. I command you to leave right now in the name of Jesus. We rebuke you, we bind you, and we command you to go in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, give us all a sound mind, a, a mind of, of power and, and a sound mind and and um and allow us to see things clearly, God. Remove us from uh teaching uh preached by demons lord remove us from false doctrine lord keep us on the straight and narrow and keep our minds pure uh and lord right now i just ask uh, everyone if if uh, you feel like you've dealt with confusion um or kind of wishy-washy beliefs just hold your hands out and just say right now um in the name of jesus i renounce and rebuke the spirit of confusion over my life right now in jesus name and you can do that whenever um but Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Just remove the bondage from people, um, Lord Jesus, and help, again, us to be sober-minded, Lord. Follow you, that we will not be double-minded, um, that we would know the sound doctrine, and that we would apply it to our lives, Lord. We love you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So, yeah, guys, thank you. What did I just say there? So, yeah, guys, <laughs> thank you for tuning into another episode. I pray that this one encouraged you and blessed you and uh, just stirred something in you. Uh, if you need prayer, please email hello at jesusoffensive.com. Y'all must be perfect because I never, ever get any emails. I've gotten about five, maybe. Um, if you need prayer, literally, if it's dumb, like just message me or you need truth uh, spoken into your life. This is what we do. We call people, we text people, we see people and we speak truth in them. We help them be born again and we disciple them. So don't be a stranger for real. Uh, I love you guys. Have a blessed Friday and we will talk to you guys next week.